0: You want your five star matches? (laughs) You want your 30 minute classics? (laughs) Not me. (laughs) Big meaty man slapping me. Ladies and gentlemen, this is another episode of the Slapping Me Wrestling Podcast. My name is Randall Beatley. I am your host. Let's get started. As the title says, this is is going to be the show where I make my predictions for NXT deadline. However, I feel that there's a lot that uh, I've missed. I'll be honest with you. In the last few weeks, I just haven't felt... Um, compelled to watch any wrestling. Rawls is bland to me. SmackDown's been bland to me. Uh, NXT has been bland to me. AEW, bland to me. Um, And it's... I don't know. It's one of those things where, like, I just don't necessarily care about watching wrestling right now. I don't care to keep up with it. Uh, don't. It doesn't, you know, compel me. Um, With that being said, though, um, we will make these predictions. I will watch Deadline, but I just haven't been, (coughs) excuse me, um, super compelled with the product that we have and that we've had going um, here recently. Um, So I do want to go through some wrestling news Um, before we do these predictions. So the first thing I want to talk about is uh Pro Wrestling Illustrated. They released their tag team edition of their top 100 tag teams. And the Usos were the top tag team. That's the only position I know. I didn't look in further than that because the Usos are the number one tag team. Um... And so, that's all I care about. And I don't necessarily care for that list to begin with because it is a, it's a list that's really, they base it off of the idea that wrestling is a real thing. And so, if you're on TV and you're booked strong, you're going to be higher on the list than if you're booked to lose all the time. Um... So there's that. Um, the second thing we want to talk about and what I want to address a big story going around is that Sasha Banks or Mercedes Vernado is reported to be at Wrestle Kingdom 17 in uh, in, in January. Weeks before Royal Rumble, and so the speculation is she's officially done with WWE, um, and so there was multiple sort of takes on this. The first one being, "Oh my God, Sasha Banks is going to New De- New Japan." Um, does that mean she signed with New Japan? Is she going to be on AEW? Blah blah blah. And thank God. And then there's the WWE guys who are like, "Oh my God, we just lost." Sasha Banks, how can we do this? And I'm going to p- remain consistent to how I've always felt about this situation. I feel that WWE does not need Sasha Banks. WWE does not need Sasha Banks. Sasha Banks, however, needs, or at one point needed, WWE. Does she need WWE now? No, because she does have sort of a name for her. But had that not come from WWE, are people going to recognize her as Mercedes Vernado? Um, I don't know if that's how they credited her in Mandalorian the Star Wars uh, Disney Plus show. I don't know if she was credited as Sasha Banks or if she was credited as Mercedes Renato. I don't know, um, to be honest with you. But I just don't think that Sasha Banks is that big of a loss, personally. Um, Was she good? Absolutely. Is she a plus to the roster? Absolutely. Don't take me saying that WWE doesn't need her As me saying she's bad. I think she's top five best women wrestlers. Potentially of all time. However, with the roster we have today. Where you're going to have Charlotte coming back soon. You have Becky Lynch. You have Bianca. You have Bayley. You have Liv Morgan. um, You have Shotzi. You have um, Mandy. You have a lot of women in NXT that are about to come up, Cora um, and Roxanne, and, and and you have an NXT Rhea, right? Raquel. We have an, a, a WWE Women's roster right now that is okay if booked properly, to where Sasha Banks is not needed. Um, that there's enough people there to carry the division. The problem right now with the women's division is Ronda Rousey has the belt. If Ronda didn't have the belt and you had that a strong women's champion on SmackDown, like a Becky Lynch, like if you would have booked Raquel strong enough and gave her the title, um, I think that there's enough there to honestly run the division without the need of Sasha Banks cuz if Sha- Sasha Banks comes back to WWE where are we going to put her there's no room the roster's already super big you've brought in all this talent you brought in Mia Yim you've brought in Tegan Knox. you've brought in uh, Candice LeRae a lot of these people are already bottom tier of the main main roster right you have Nikki Christ. like you have a lot of women there. You don't have that much time. So in the end of of things, not having Sasha Banks is not a bad thing. Now if she did show up on WWE TV, I wouldn't complain, but I'm also not going to sit here and be like "Oh, Triple H dropped the bag on this one." Cuz I don't think he did. I don't necessarily think that Sasha Banks not being there is a bad thing. Especially if you want Sasha to wrestle. Because, I'll be honest, I think that's all Sasha really offered is her wrestling ability. I didn't find her particularly compelling on the mic. I didn't find her particularly competitive in the charisma uh, attribute. She has some charisma. She has some ability to play a character, but I, I didn't, I don't necessarily find her better in that area than other people. She's definitely not the best on the mic, and she's not the best in the ring in the women's rock lo, uh, locker room. So her not being there in the end isn't that big of a deal, right? Is it going to be a big deal when she shows up? You know, at, if she shows up at New Japan. Absolutely, big deal. That's probably the biggest signing New Japan will have in its women's division in forever. Is it going to be a big deal if she shows up, you know, maybe on Impact or on AEW, which is where eventually I think she ends up? Is that going to be a big deal? Sure. But how many big deal women's signings has AEW had? Right, Soraya... But none of the Ruby, none of these ex WWE women are being pushed. None of them. Athena's on dark. Ruby, I think is hurt or something, but God knows where she's at. Right, and Soraya just came back, and I hardly doubt they'll put the title on her, unless the story is Brit turns on Jamie. Wins the title back and then Soraya beats Britt, right? But outside of the only one that really been pushed was Tony Storm. Um, so I just I just don't see Sasha really doing much because the natural thing for them to do with Sasha is to put her with Jade as one of the baddies, and I think that would be a bad decision. So, yes, AEW bringing in Mercedes Vernado or Sasha Banks or whatever she's going to go by. Sure, that's a big deal. But she's the she would be instantly the number one woman on your roster. And you'd probably keep her in the mid-card. If, if, if AEW books the way I feel AEW is going to book her, right? Um... So, let's see, what else um, are we, b- 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 <sighs> what else has happened here recently? Um, let me address what um, the, the winner of the World Cup, the Fox World Cup, because I haven't, like I said, I haven't talked about a lot of this because I just haven't felt compelled to watch nor compelled to really talk about the results of what's happened. But Ricochet has won the uh, the World Cup. He gets a chance to face Gunther and what will probably be one hell of a match. I'm not denying the fact that that's going to be a very good match. But I, I instantly kind of think um, that the plans were changed following... Strowman's uh, comments about the flippy flop guys, and so they had Strowman lose to a flippy flopper, and ultimately have the champion, the winner, be a flippy flopper. Um. So uh, that's that's my. Th- I feel that Braun should have probably been the winner. Ultimately. The best storyline to come out of this could have been if you really wanted to tell a story, is have Sami Zayn win and have him win the Intercontinental Championship, and then set up a big feud between Imperium and the Bloodline. That to me would have been the the um or that that to me would have been the the best thing. The best thing to me was the continuation of Sheamus versus Gunther they have Sheamus win the Intercontinental Championship and have the Brutes, you know, maybe face the Usos, win the titles at some point and then have Imperium fight the Brutes and we could have a big... Like, there was a lot of storyline that you could have told here. I didn't really pick up on that during the whole World Cup. Um, so, yeah, I just... I just I feel right now with WWE we're just getting a lot of random matches. And you're filling your card with a bunch of random matches that have no storyline. And I and I immediately said this when Triple H took over that he's going to turn the main roster into his black and gold NXT and I'm going to stop watching. I'll keep up with the updates. I'll give my opinion on it, but I'm not going to sit there and watch a 3-hour raw. With nine wrestling matches on it. I don't have the patience for that. I don't have the care in the world for random matches that have no story. Um, so with that being said. I mean if we could get back to. I'm not saying Vince McMahon did it right. Because he, he did it wrong a lot of times. But if we went back to sort of storyline telling. Um, and and. Produce, like, why can't we have what NXT is right now on the main roster? NXT, you get a lot of storyline with your matches in between, right? Shawn Michaels is, from what I understand, in control of NXT, and he's doing everything pretty dang right. And I love everything that's going on down there. Um, I think that's really the big things that I wanted to talk about. Um, Yeah, so we'll just go into, other than that, uh, Cena, John Cena's coming back. The last SmackDown of the year, December 30th. There's plans that Charlotte's return is coming soon. You know, they're planning for WrestleMania season. Royal Rumble's around the corner, and that's really the start of WrestleMania season. So you're going to bring in your big guns you're gonna bring in Cena um, you're gonna bring in uh, you know whoever you plan to have at WrestleMania you have to start that storyline January February you can't just sort of sort of put like a month into it right so Charlotte's gonna come back um, my guess is she's gonna go after Bianca um, you're gonna have Cena. Who knows what he's gonna do? But the rumor is him and Logan Paul, um, right? So, so I'm happy to see this. I, I've never figured I'd see the day where I would say I'm happy John Cena showing up. Um, but I, I'm happy Cena's gonna be there. It uh, it'll make it watchable. It'll make it fun. Um, but let's get to this Saturday. Actually, tomorrow. I didn't I, like. I'm literally rushing this show. So I could get this out. Um... Tomorrow's Deadline show... Live on Peacock. Um... The last show of the year... For NXT. The last WWE show... Of 2022. In terms of premiere, premium... Live events. Um... Five matches. Um... So, I don't expect it to be, you know, all that long. We already know the two Iron Woman, Iron Man challenges are going to be 25 minutes each. So, that's going to take up about a full hour. And then you'll have your men's championship probably be your main event or your co-main event. Uh, Apollo Cruz versus Braun Breaker. Um, Alba Fire versus Isla Don. And um, the tag team championship match between the New Day and Pretty Deadly. So we'll talk about the first those three first, and then we'll talk about the the sort of gimmick matches. Um, I don't know where. Well, so we'll go ahead and start with Pretty Deadly and New Day. This match was st- created on Tuesday. When the New Day debuted. Um, and I don't know. I, I don't think they win. Pretty Deadly wins. This is just a way to introduce maybe something new with the New Day. Um, to, to give Pretty Deadly an opponent. Because there's really not much going on in the tag division right now in NXT. Not many, not many people. The, and the whole story was we've beaten everyone down here. Right? And so... I mean, that's what we got, right? is New Day, you know, to give New Day something to do and to give a new opponent to Pretty Deadly. Um, I think it's going to be a pretty decent match. Um, but, you know, it's it's not going to be my favorite. Um, so... Yeah, I'm going pretty deadly here. I don't see any way New Day wins this. Um, to me, this is pretty obvious that this is just to help get pretty deadly over and give them a new opponent until they can, you know, build into um, the the uh, the new year with some new tag teams. Move to Isle of Dawn versus Alpha Fire. This is honestly the one match that I could give Zero cares about. Excuse me for a minute. Sorry. Uh, yeah, I don't care about this match. One Iota. Do not care. Um. Albafire wins. I, that, that's my prediction. Don't really care about this match. I'm hoping it's like the piss break match. But like I said, I don't necessarily care about this match at all. I don't. Sorry. Um. And then we have Braun Breaker versus Apollo Cruz. Uh, I'm conflicted on this match. I really don't know who's going to win this at all. Um. I'm going Braun Breaker. I don't know if Apollo Cruz is going to be the one. Um. But I would not hurt my feelings if it was Apollo Cruz, um, because part of me feels like Braun needs to drop the title so that he could get ready for Royal Rumble. But I feel that with it being NXT, he could drop it on a Tuesday. Um, so, um, yeah. So I'm going Braun Breaker until they get like an actual opponent, which will be. In my opinion, will be Carmelo Hayes, um, and, and I'll talk about why here in a minute. So let's talk about the women's, um, um, the women's match for the Iron Survivor Women's Championship Challenge or whatever. Um, we have Zoe Stark. Cora Jade, Roxanne Perez, Kiana James, Indy Hartwell. Um, I'm going to go ahead and throw Indy out of it. I'm going to go ahead and say Roxanne's out of it. There's only there's only one name. I think Kiana James won't win it right now, uh, because of the Fallon Henley storyline. Um, but I think she's a potential contender in the near future. Um, I'm going to be very high in 2022 on Kiana James. She has everything to me. Um, To me, it's either Zoe Stark or Cora Jade. Um, And so to me, I always try to look at what are the storylines we're going to build here? Are there storylines that we can build? Um, And I don't think we go down the Cora Roxanne Track anymore. Kiana James is already in her own storyline. Um, so I think Roxanne and Indy might start something. Um, and I don't know. I tend to look for something like that when I'm watching the, the build to it. Um, I'm going either Cora or, Zo- or Zoe Stark. Um... I don't know. I, I don't know. It, it, it's one of those two. I can't make a prediction because I don't know. It's one of those two, and I, my gut is leaning on Cora Jade. Um, but I know Zoe Stark was supposed to get a big push last year before her injury. So part of me wants to lead there. Um, but Zoe's in the, the feud with Nikita. So like, I'm I'm trying to make this make sense, right? Kiana's got an outside feud. Zoe's got an outside view. Um, Roxanne and Indy, I think, will start a feud. Um, and then Cora, um, plus Roxanne's already had an opportunity at the title. And I'm not the biggest fan of Roxanne, to be to be honest. She's good in the ring, but she's just not believable at the current moment to beat Mandy Rose. I think it has to be Cora. Now that I'm thinking about it, it has to be Cora Jade. Um, It has to be Cora Jade. That's that. I'm going to lock that in as my answer. And then we go to the men. We got Carmelo Hayes, J.D. McDonough, Joe Gacy, Grayson Waller, and Axiom. Well, Axiom and McDonough's got something going on. Gacy's got the schism. Um, And Waller... Walter's the comedy act for the right for the gimmick, right? It has to be Carmelo Hayes. It's the only one of the five that makes sense. It has to be Carmelo Hayes, and I believe Carmelo Hayes defeats Braun Breaker for the championship. Um, I think that'll happen either at Stand and Deliver on WrestleMania weekend or at the next pay-per-view which will, or premier live event premium live event which will be Vengeance Day February 4th and it's that's a big show because it's the first NXT live show outside of the Performance Center like pre- premium live event outside of the Performance Center since before COVID before the pandemic before the shutdown so which is cool like they're coming to my city Of Charlotte, North Carolina. That's going to be freaking awesome. So I think it's going to be Carmelo Hayes. And I think... And I pray to God that Carmelo wins it in Charlotte. Because outside of Braun Breaker, Carmelo Hayes is my second favorite person on the men's roster in NXT. And I think... You know, having Braun Breaker drop the title there gives him enough time to, to enter into a storyline on the main roster for WrestleMania. It's, you know, if he loses at Vengeance Day, it'll give him enough time to even potentially be a, a contender in the Elimination Chamber 14 days later, two weeks later, and in Montreal, um, or to, you know, who, who knows what... What happens um, with that. Um, but I, it has to be Carmelo Hayes. That's the only answer here that makes sense. Right? When you put in Axiom and McDonough are going to be probably in a feud after this. And that Gacy and Waller just don't make sense right now. Um, because of the gimmicks that they're in. Carmelo Hayes is the only one that makes sense to me. Um, and so... I'm going Carmelo Hayes. So the two recap: Carmelo Hayes will win, Cora Jade will win, Braun Breaker will win, Pretty Deadly will win, and Alba Fire will win. Um, I'm not like I said. I'm going into this expecting like a B-minus show. If we get a B-minus show, if we get some good matches, some good storytelling, um, I'm going into this. Um coming out of it pretty happy right um as long as the results make sense or there's a story being told right um like if you have someone like joe gacy win have there be a story as to how he would just just don't have him win and just don't have the schism sort of show up and help him win right create some sort of storyline Right, because if you look at it, Gacy's already had a shot at Breaker, McDonough's already had a shot at, at uh at Breaker, Waller, he's the the comedy guy. He's the R Truth of NXT. I, I just don't see a chance for him to win. And then, like I said, Axiom's a mid Carter. Um, it has to be Carmella Hayes. Hey, I'd be so mad if it's not. Um, like, if you have Apollo Crews win, make it make sense, right? Right? And, and we'll speak on that story. I like the story because it's not your traditional good guy versus bad guy. It It's Apollo Crews comes in. His motivation is, I want to win the NXT Championship. And that's all we know about his motivation as to why he's going after Braun Breakers. I just want your belt because that's real life, Right? And I understand. So, this is one of the areas where my favorite wrestling podcaster is the Casual Wrestling Community Show. It's on YouTube. It's by Notorious Nerdy D. Um, just look up Casual Wrestling Community Show, and you'll find it on YouTube. Um, but my favorite—he's my favorite wrestling podcaster. But this is an area I disagree with him on. His idea with the casual wrestling community is that to keep it easy and, and keep your stories basic. You know, good guy versus bad guy. And, and you could do that, but you don't have to always do that. Because you could have two good guys or two bad guys and, and, and explore sort of ulterior motives. Right? What do we have here? You have Braun Breaker, which really doesn't play the good guy, bad guy role. Right? He doesn't really have that role. But you have him facing Apollo Crews, who again, in this story, isn't a good guy. He isn't a bad guy. He's just a guy that wants to win the NXT championship. And that's the reason he came back. And so you have Braun Breaker, who's your champion, whose motivation is to be, continue to be champion, versus Apollo Crews, whose entire motivation of... Demoting himself essentially to NXT was to win the NXT Championship. So, so, and, and and so you explore in the storytelling. You explore those motivations. You explore why Apollo Cruz wants to win it so bad. You explore why Braun Breaker, you know, is the way that he is and and has become champion for as long as he has. And how he's gotten to this point, you know with his speed, with his strength, with his tenacity, right something that Apollo Cruz can match, and that they're essentially the same person right with the same motivation of becoming of being champion. And so that's the story is who wants it more? May the best guy win. And that's a good story if it's told properly, right? I want some stories in in the professional wrestling atmosphere that explore ulterior motives, right? I want the first time... If you attack somebody, right? The first question that I'm going to ask after you attack somebody is what is your motivation for attacking somebody? What is the motivation, right? If you don't set up the motivation for the return... Or the debut, or the reason I'm coming out and interrupting you. If you, if you, if you don't start the story by addressing the motivation of the person, the people involved, right? Then the story to me just loses all interest. I lose interest the less I know about why you're so motivated to win this or that match, right? So with Apollo, the motivation is pretty simple. I just want to win the championship. Which is a, a decent enough reason to want to do this, to have this match. You, not every match has to be, Braun Breaker, you're the good guy, and, and I'm the bad guy. And because I'm the bad guy, I want to try to beat the good guy. And because you're the good guy, you want to try to beat the bad guy. We, we don't need it to remain that simple. Right? I, I think for the most part, a lot of the, the, the people who watch in the audience... They're intelligent enough to figure out why two good guys are fighting, right? I, I don't want to put out there that I'm, like, I, I'm not stupid, right? I'm not unintelligent. I'm intelligent enough to figure out, you know, why two people are fighting. And in the non-kayfabe era, right, where Apollo Cruz and Braun Strong, or excuse me, Braun Breaker hang out after after the show, use that to your advantage, right? Because your audience understands this, right? Use social media and you, like, that's, I was just got, I just got done watching this week's episode of NXT and they set up an entire match between Briggs and Jensen versus uh, Idris and Malik Blade and that entire match was started based off a TikTok from Sol Ruka, right, where they got into a fight, you know, behind Sol Ruka, and I think it was Amari Miller, dancing, right? And that them two sort of got into an argument. Now, you could definitely tell that the whole plan with this was to use it for TV, but use social media as a, a way to advance your story, right? The entire story of that match was... We got into an argument on a Saturday at a live event. So we're going to have a match on TV. And that's all you need. Because then that set up Von Wagner attacking Odyssey Jones. So now you have a story there, right? So it's just small little things like that that set up now. We need to know the motivation of why Von Wagner attacked Odyssey Jones. Tell me that next week. Tell me that on Saturday, right? So you you get what I'm saying, right? If you tell me stories, give me motivations for why these things happen, and don't just have things happen for no reason, I'll watch your programming. As long as it's interesting and I un- like, and you you give the reasons for why things happen, and they're not stupid, like the whole Miz and De- um uh, uh, Dexter Loomis thing, where like. The story started out good, and then you gave a dumb reason for the attack, right? That was the dumbest thing, like the dumbest reason ever given for why Dexter Loomis attacked the Miz. It was dumb, and if you think that it was good, you're, you, I'm sorry, but you're dumb. That, that insulted my intelligence, because I could tell that they switched plans, that something happened. Part of me feels like Champa is really hurt. And he was supposed to be sort of the motivation that he was using Miz. And that he was sort of controlling Loomis to control Miz. Something like that. That would have been more entertaining. But it feels like Champa actually is hurt. Which sucks. But, yeah. I mean, the product to me right now is just, is just not good. NXT is the best thing, I think, on TV. Um, from what I've heard, Impact's putting on some great show. But a lot of people, like I saw this TikTok today, on uh, this video on TikTok, where they was like, oh, so many people sleep on Impact. You got to watch Impact. I sleep on Impact because they are on a channel. Granted, they own the channel. The Anthem Sports and whatever owns Access TV, so I don't see them leaving. But they're not distributed to everyone. And I'm not paying however much Impact Live or Impact Plus or whatever it's called. I'm not paying to watch that. I'm just not. So, if you got on a, on a network that was distributed to everyone, I'm sure people would watch it. And I'm sure people would enjoy it. Because I think, and I agree with the premise of the video, is that Impact, I think Impact has some of the best wrestling, if you're a true in-the-ring person where all you care about is ring work, watch Impact. Because from what I've what I've heard is they've had some of the best matches of the year that get slept on. But that's not my fault for not watching. That is Impact's fault for not distributing their content in a way that people can watch it. If you're only on a channel that only certain you know, cable providers or certain streaming sites only get and not everyone gets you can't be mad when not everyone watches you so yeah I'm I'm kind of looking forward to the deadline but at the same time I mean, I'm not going in with high expectations I expect it to be a normal NXT premiere live event, premium live whatever the fuck PLE, who cares anymore it's a fucking pay-per-view I don't know why we got to be special, WWE. It's a pay-per-view. You're paying for it. I pay for Peacock. So I'm paying to watch NXT deadline. I'm paying to watch your shows on Peacock. It's just not $60, and I'm paying $10 a month to get everything on Peacock, which includes your shows. It's a pay-per-view. Just call it pay-per-view. I don't understand why we got to be so difficult. Anyway, that's this episode Thank you guys for watching. We'll do one maybe two more episodes this year. Um we'll do the re- the the review show for Deadline and then I'll probably end 2022 off with one final show. Um I haven't decided if it's going to be me booking the 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 Bloodline through Mania. I might save that for the first show of 2023. And I'll more than likely just give a, a, a do an entire show to end the year, sort of a holiday show, um, with five re- or so, a, a certain number. Probably gonna be five wrestlers, five wrestlers that I think are underappreciated and not used correctly, and should and, and deserve a lot of credit for for their work in the industry right now. So. When that happens, I don't know. We'll, 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 we'll work on it. Um, but until then, thank you guys for listening. Go ahead and share this podcast and all the links wherever you're listening, whether it's Amazon or Apple or Google or uh, Pandora, iHeartRadio, wherever you're listening to. Thank you for listening. Uh, like, share, subscribe.